to the Heads Up Podcast. I am Jason Rogers, the head of school of Rundle College Society, and I'll be your host for this season's episode. With each new podcast, we hope to explore interesting topics relating to Rundle College student, faculty, and parent life. This season, you'll hear interviews with faculty, parents, alumni, students, and educational experts. Each episode will aim to provide an insight and context to the happenings in and around our community. Thank you for joining me and everybody in the Rundle College Society on this journey, and I hope you enjoy this Rundle experience. Welcome back to the Heads Up Podcast. On today's episode, I'm thrilled to be interviewing uh, Miss Charity Hellman. Now, what you might or might not know about Charity are, are a few things. First and foremost, she taught at Rundle College for 10 years, and over her time, she spent most of it in junior high ELA, but she also did math and uh, was highly involved in lots of the tech innovation that went on over the course of those 10 years. Uh, since leaving Rundle, just just really recently, in fact, she's gone on to establish herself as a really valuable member of the Google EdTech Team Canada. Um, she's currently the event coordinator for the team and creates all kinds of amazing learning experiences for educators across Canada and into the United States. Beyond being the event coordinator for Google EdTech Team Canada, she is a certified Google trainer certified Google Innovator, and a qualified Google Educator. On top of that, she's a certified Apple teacher, and probably most importantly, she's a Rundle parent as well. And so she's got lots of uh, investment in our program as a former faculty member, uh, future innovator, and, and a parent of our community. So without any further ado, uh, let me welcome Charity to today's episode. All right, welcome to the show, Charity. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, it's really exciting. I know we had a guest speaker in uh, just around the college last night talking about some of the dangers of technology, I suppose. Um, and now today we get to talk about lots of the benefits of technology. So I'm really thrilled that you're here. Absolutely. There's so many benefits. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's get right to them. I, when you were at uh, Rundle College, it was no secret to any of us that um, you're a huge proponent of Google. There's no doubt that dozens and dozens of the uh, tech implementations are a result of your love for Google. Every well, I'm sure we'll talk about them throughout the podcast. Um, but I thought we'd open the, the podcast with that simple question as to why is Google and Google Apps for Education so near and dear to your heart? Uh, Google in general and Google Apps for Education um, in particular are super close to my heart. Um, I, I guess because uh, when Michelle Armstrong, another former um, colleague, um, when she first introduced it to me, I just saw how it changed my classroom. Um, my students were more engaged. It enabled them to be more productive because of uh, Google Drive and the collaborative power that, that it provides. 
Um, G Suite in general, which used to be called Google Apps for Education, um, if, if people don't know, it's a set of free applications um, which on an educational domain are safe to use within the classroom. Uh, I love it because one sign-in gives you the access to all the applications and the storage in the, un, um, in the educational domain is unlimited. Unbelievable, so that's, right? that's fantastic for kids. Totally. And we talk about the collaborative pieces around uh, the G Suite and stuff. Let's start with um, like the Google Docs, for instance, very similar to like a Microsoft Word application for those who aren't familiar right. with the G Suite. But what would be the difference for the, the Docs side of it? A Google Doc is simply a web page, mm-hmm. um, whereas a Microsoft Word document is not. Mm-hmm. So Google Docs is a word processor, but it is a website that you can share permissions with, so you mm-hmm. can have more than one collaborator on a document, which is amazing uh, to kids when they first see it, because they can see other kids that they share it with typing on the same document as them. Right. Um, from a teacher's point of view, I embraced it because I could be in my student's document while they were writing in my ELA class. I could be providing them live feedback as opposed to them waiting to hand it in, waiting for it to get marked, and getting it back with a bunch of red marks. Right on. And that's simply like the very baseline of the applications. We're going to get into the more as we move through it. But the I guess the other piece that we should talk about right now so we don't miss it is things like um, Google Slides, for instance, mm-hmm. is the what's comparable to Google Slides in, in traditional softwares? Uh, the Microsoft comparison would be PowerPoint, but it's so much more than a presentation tool. Right. Um, by one, you know, by one click, you can customize the page size, and you can create banners to print off. You can create books that students can can make uh, eBooks. They can make PDF versions of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you can hyperlink within to jump from slide to slide to slide. There's so much more to slides than just a presentation tool. Yeah, and I what I love about slides or any of these, whether it's um, Google Sheets or Google Forms or all the rest is how highly interactive they are that, you know, Charity, you and I could be working on two computers in two different parts of the world and be collaborating on one Absolutely. document. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the wonder of it. It's, it's amazing when you see it in action. <laughs> totally. Okay, with that, let's, uh, let's jump into the second question. We talk a lot about applications or 21st century learning or innovation and all these future-ready tools and coming from uh, your expertise and your background charity i'm really curious today as to what you think is a quintessential technology tools that kids need to be successful in the coming years Uh, as a grade seven teacher for many years Mm -hmm. homeroom teacher it's a big jump for them to transition into junior high yeah and i think one of the one of the mantras um, as homeroom teachers that we always said was um, the key to being successful is establishing these foundational executive skills and getting organized huge so i would say some of the quintessential tools for success for these students are things like gmail google drive and calendar right um and knowing how to utilize those for efficiency and for just streamlining your life um i think learning those they'll be more functional and they'll definitely be more successful down the road now i think like there's an interesting point there because oftentimes we're caught up in a conversation around screen time and tech dependence and i'm just curious as to you know your perspective on that like what are you seeing in students around you know uh how to manage and monitor their screen time I don't think they're the younger ones for sure are of the age where where they're mature enough to even recognize when they're spending too much time. Right. Um, 
so I think as parents, we have to be, you know, on that. And Mm -hmm. I think one tool with using the calendar and kids learning how to use the calendar, they can learn to block in the time that they're allowed for that. Right. And then looking at the calendar, you can physically see, you know, this block of time and you can see if it's a pretty large block of time, holy smokes, I'm spending way too much time on on the screen. Right. Um, And parents can also have access to that calendar and see that as well. so I think I think screen time, yeah, it's something that both um, parents and kids have to be on it and aware of. But the younger ones, we, we especially have to be monitoring that for sure. Totally. And I think that's like almost the MO of Google in some respects, that shared responsibility piece. Like you're talking about like the shared calendar, like mm-hmm. the shared opportunity to collaborate yeah. in those spaces and to demonstrate responsibility using the technology. And I, you know, I'd even take it farther, Charity, I think, you know, parents and students have to share that responsibility. But I think as educators, we also have to be mindful of uh, the screen time for our kids and how how that's changing for them. Absolutely, we do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and do you see, like, in your experience traveling across country and working with the Google EdTech team, mm-hmm. uh, how prevalent is the implementation of, of the Google suite of, of tools? Uh, it's growing and it's it's growing exponentially. Um, I think once people come to our summits and see how they can use the tools in their classroom and how effective it is and collaborative it is, um, they're spellbound and, and they just want they want more and they want to go back and use these with their students. So I think the the use of Google in the educational domains within schools is is growing rapidly. Right on. And I think like we're talking a lot about the summits and I think we're going to come to it just a little bit further. But if, you know, parents and kids want to get involved in Google summits, are they welcome or is there another avenue or how would you encourage, you know, parents to learn more about this suite of applications that that are so powerful? Right. Um, We've held Google summits here in Calgary at Rundle College Mm -hmm. and we've welcomed parents to come and see what it's all about. Um, So if they do have a summit in their area, I highly encourage them to get in touch with the contact. They can email myself as the event coordinator here in mm-hmm. Canada and find out who's running it and if they're welcoming parents in. And And generally, people are very open to having parents come and see what's being done because we're very transparent. Yeah, it's a really fun conference atmosphere. I don't, I don't get the sense that you have to be a classroom teacher to, to get the benefit from what's going on no, in the space. No, and we've had students attend. We've had students present. Yeah. Students from Rona College have presented shout numerous out to times. Davis Carlson, at least. And yeah. I don't know, have there been other Rona uh, students? Ishan Vermont. Right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. And I think we've had Joey Love, uh, Max Gilmore. And the feedback from the teachers at these events, seeing the students present, has been phenomenal. They love it. They love to hear the students' perspective. So yeah, students, parents, very welcome at these events. Right on. I think we'll we'll catch up a little bit more on the summit uh, just a little bit later in the interview. All right, right on to question number three, Charity. Um, there's uh, like when we talked about applications earlier in the interview, it started to you know it might sound like there's just kind of like Word and Excel and PowerPoint. But there are literally thousands of applications out there, aren't there? Absolutely. Yeah. Word, Excel, and PowerPoint, though, are Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the antidote to oh, Word, Excel, and PowerPoint. Yeah. But yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. No, there's so many web applications and, and tech tools. So I'm totally curious uh, with what is the coolest application that you would that you'd recommend for students and then following up on that uh, for teachers. So if you're going to say this is the quintessential go out there and find an application, what's your recommendation? 
Uh, right now for kids, um, I think what's what's really hot, actually for both kids and teachers, is something called Flipgrid. Cool. Um, they're based out of Minnesota. It's a company out of Minnesota. Really cool group of people. Um, and Flipgrid um, is a tool for teachers that um, I've used actually with some kids here at Rundle College, uh, working with Ms. Scott in, in the ELA with their 20 time projects. And and you can have kids post little videos up to about, I think it's about three minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, so you give them a topic. So our topic is just giving updates on their 20 time projects. Yeah. So they'll go in, they'll record themselves. And then in the end, they can create a little thumbnail for their video, add little stickers. It's a great way to get them giving some feedback. And you can go in and watch it within your account as a teacher. And you can choose to um, have them reply to each other's videos if they want. And then you can freeze that topic and it'll disappear from their view. And then you can keep asking them more under the same kind of grid. Cool. That's why they call it Flipgrid. Cool. And it's uh, most of these applications are free, would you say? Like... Are most applications free or are some of them To some pay? extent, to some extent. Flipgrid, uh, if you want the premium features, there is a fee for it. Yep. But the free version, you can do so much with that already. Right on, right on. And you mentioned uh, 20 time mm-hmm. just in passing. And I think uh, it deserves and warrants some explanation. So, and I know you were a big uh, proponent of 20 time here at Runlet College and mm-hmm. still continuing that. Uh, why don't we spend a little bit of time talking about the origins of 20 time okay. and how it's kind of operationalized in our schools. Okay, so 20 time is based on the idea that um, if you give an employee or a student 20% of their time back to work on um, something that they love, maybe a passion project, right. or some people have called it genius hour, just, just some kind of um, idea, project, concept that they really love and, and don't maybe get the time to work on normally, yep. um, then they'll be intrinsically motivated, not extrinsically motivated by marks, to succeed and do the best that they can. Um, so I brought this to Rundle College a few years back in the ELA classrooms for grade eight. and. Um, we had students working on projects that range from applications to remote control snowblowers to websites, blogs, Instagram um, uh, accounts to bring awareness to things. And throughout the entire year, there there are components of ELA. That's why I thought it would fit so perfectly in my classroom. Um, So we've got kids blogging, we've got kids doing proposals, writing proposals, we've got them creating elevator pitches and making videos, and and they're learning all of these wonderful skills. On top of that, they're critically thinking about their project the entire year round, and and the goal is to have them get to a point where they can do a five-minute presentation about what they did, what their purpose was, um, and and their journey throughout the project. It's Mm -hmm. it's about... um, Kevin Burkhauser was kind of the, he's the guru behind the 20 time project. He's out of California and he was my inspiration and motivation to do it. And and his three things are autonomy, mastery, and purpose that he preaches. Right on. And that's what comes of this project. It's amazing. That is really cool. And I've had the opportunity to charity in your classes and otherwise to see some of the products and they're amazing and filled with passion and uh, clearly very close to the heart of the students and and the instructor as well, Mm -hmm. which is really really inspiring it is yeah when you give them the time what they'll do with it will blow your mind totally Mm -hmm. now if i was to play devil's advocate (laughs) because i think there'd be people out there sitting out there doing exactly that and saying okay so you've given up 20 percent of your curriculum time how do you how do you still 
finish your curriculum if you're going to do this. You're still covering curriculum. It's just in a different way. Right on. It's being creative and innovative. Yeah. Like you're covering the writing. You're covering the presenting. You're covering... Um, you know, all these thinking skills and, and, and the productivity that you get in these areas, still covering curriculum, uh, far exceeds sometimes what you can do in more traditional ways. Right on. Because I, I, I would believe that if a student is working on something they're passionate about, um, they're likely to put in even more time than the... They're probably putting another 20 time... Oh, for sure. ...to work on it, right? I think so, yeah. It's a good return on investment. And I hope... Uh, I hope it inspires teachers and who are out there maybe listening to this to, to give it a shot because I think uh, we've seen it work here and I think it can work pretty much anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. There's a teacher actually out in Ontario recently. She saw a presentation of mine um, last summer mm-hmm. and she recently just had their symposium on their 20 time projects um, and she she sent me a tweet and she thanked me. She was like, I would never have done this had you not inspired me. And that was like the greatest moment for me. Yeah, like, no kidding. Just seeing other people implement this and knowing that it benefits their classrooms. Totally. It's like, and it feels risky sometimes. Like Huge. I'm sure it does, right? Huge to give up risk. that 20 time and give it over to the junior high kids who yeah. are sometimes unpredictable. Yeah, you don't know how it's going to go. <laughs> totally, totally. And when we talk about uh, your 20 time projects... Um, is there a project that, that stands out in your mind as like that was the quintessential 20 time experience? Oh, I've had a few. Um, a student here uh, taught herself to play ukulele and had a YouTube channel of covers playing the ukulele. And she stood in front of our assembly and played ukulele and sang in front of all of her peers. No kidding. Um, and she has now continued. She goes over to the elementary and does ukulele club with them now. Right on. Which is amazing. I, oh, I love that kid. And there was one, the very first year, he wrote the ABCs of Canada, a beautiful, beautiful book. Mm-hmm. And he sent it over. He got it published, sent it over to libraries in Ghana. Wow. Wow, how cool is that? Pretty cool. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay, cool. And I hope uh, hope this inf- inspires future projects that are similar to that. Yeah, yeah. All right, Charity, on to question number four. Um, and I think the root of this question is oftentimes when you hear technology, people talk about like connection yet disconnection and the fact that, you know, the more we use technology, perhaps the less socially connected we are. Um, I think However, I think a lot of what Google is doing around their collaborative tools is reinforcing connection just in a different modality. And I uh, definitely trust that. Um, If I was to ask your opinion, though, or maybe ask for some advice, um, what advice would you give to a teacher on how to better connect with their students through technology? I guess I would say don't use it without purpose. Like, don't just decide, oh, I'm going to integrate technology today and, and not know your end game or your purpose behind it. Right. Um, if it's not improving the learning, the engagement, or the educational content of your lesson, right. then you're using it incorrectly. You don't right. just add it to add it, I guess. Wow. I, and it's simple, profound, and powerful, though. I think it's like um, oftentimes when you hear about one-to-one schools, you hear about technology integration, it's uh, the fear is that it's without purpose, but I really like the way you phrase that. Um, bringing the purpose into the use of technology is really, really central. Yeah, absolutely. If you can't tell a parent what reason you have for using that piece of technology or that application in your classroom and what their child is going to get out of it, 
yeah. then you should really rethink your use of it. Totally. Well, that's super affirming when you hear it coming from somebody who uh, is clearly a tech expert. And, and I think it's just a really, really balanced, evolved approach. So thank you for that, Charity. No problem. Okay, on to question five in the first segment here. Um, Charity, I'm just, I hope we've spurred a lot of curiosity out there in our community. And I hope people are sitting back thinking like, well, I should look into this Google Apps piece because clearly it's of a lot of value. Um, if you were to give advice to educators or parents on how to learn more about Google Apps effectively, what would you tell them to do? Um, well, first of all, as parents, I would say talk to your child's teacher. Um, if they're using it, then they know something about it. They can educate you about how they're using it. Uh, you could also talk to your children. Like these kids know so much more sometimes. No kidding. Yeah. I mean, my daughter will come home and she'll show me something that I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, wait, who's yeah. the Google trainer and you're here? In the industry. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, and then if you know if that doesn't work out, then find out who in the school might be Google certified or knowledgeable. Um, but there is a Google for EDU trainer directory that is accessible on the web. Nice. And you can find out who in your area are certified trainers, are certified innovators that you can work with or get in touch with. Um, we also have um, edtechteam.com is our website. Uh, add a slash Canada to the end and, and you can find out where we are in Canada. Cool. Um, and then one other thing, on YouTube there's a channel called, um, well it's Google for Education's channel and within that they host a little series called EDU in 90 and sometimes we don't have a whole lot of time to sit and learn about something technological. Yep. Yep. So in 90 seconds they'll tell you about one little concept or one application or one um, kind of idea or conversation happening in the world of technology. So it's, it's quick, easy and, and and you've learned it. Cool. Um, and where where are the upcoming conferences that you guys are hosting? Um, February second and third, we're in Southern Alberta at Barnwell School. Okay. Uh, not too far from Lethbridge. Right on. Uh, we have Ontario coming up in April. We also have Thunder Bay, Ontario, in April. Um, the Ontario Summer Summit is in Kitchener. And actually, in February, we're going to be in Saskatoon. Cool. Uh, our very first event in Saskatchewan. I'm going to be at that one. As, home sweet uh, home, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so excited to be a presenter, and I'll, I'll, I think I'm going to be the MC at that one. So, right on. So that's very exciting to, to do. Uh, usually in the summer, we have um, Calgary hosts one, so yep. we'll see if that one is back in the works. Cool. And yeah, throughout the year, we have several events throughout Alberta, so edtechteam.com slash Canada. And in your uh, stable of presenters, because I've, I've seen several of, of the Google team presenters, mm -hmm. um, if people are going to look up some of these presenters online and perhaps find YouTubes or uh, of the presenters, who are a few that you'd suggest people look up? Like, who are the inspirational Google presenters out there? Okay. Uh, well, our Canadian team is Michelle Armstrong, Emily Fitzpatrick, and myself. Mm -hmm. uh, so those are the EdTech Team Canada people. But our contractors are where it's at. And we've got amazing people like Donnie Piercy, who's been integral in developing the Be Internet Awesome curriculum. He's out of Kentucky. Okay. Um, we've got people like Jeff Heil out of California, amazing keynote speaker, and it's awesome to listen to him. Uh, we've got Kevin Brookhauser out of California, the 20 time project guy. Yeah. Um, so many wonderful names. Jesse Labinsky out of New York. He's going to be with me in Thunder Bay. Um, he talks about teachers are the real superheroes. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I think any of our keynotes that you would find on our website are going to blow you away no matter what. Awesome. And uh, I really encourage people to get to the website, look up a few of these folks, um, and, and get familiar with what these tools are because I think they are you know, the premium edition of educational tools that kids can use um, you know, to, be, to reach their potential. Absolutely. You know, in creativity, in innovation, in all those uh, skills that they need to be successful in, in the generations to come. For sure. Okay, so uh, for anybody who's listened to the show before, you know how we close most episodes. It's with the uh, Rundle Rumble. You now, the Rundle Rumble is a 10-word quickfire association game that we like to play with each of our guests to get a better, um, well-rounded sense of, of what they think about what they're talking about. So, Charity, are you ready? I think so. Okay, so here we go. Um, the first one is Google. Collaboration. Right on. Yeah. That's totally what it is, right? Yeah, and fun. It's fun. It is. And they used to be like uh, organized world's information or whatever the case was. Or, um, <laughs> but yeah, they've totally extended into that collaborative space. Which Absolutely. Is so good. Um, number two, the Rough Riders. <laughs> oh, bleed green. Yeah, the world's best team, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. We sing that song to my sons at home. Nice. You know, the Rough Rider cheer song. So, nice. Yeah, yeah, they've got it. Yeah. Um, number three, Michelle Armstrong. Mentor, friend. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. We miss her for sure at Rundle. Mm-hmm. Um, number four, 20 time. Oh, just innovative and an avenue for kids to show what they know. Absolutely. Number five, archery. Archery. Yeah. Oh, my backyard. <laughs> That's what I think of. I have I have a bow and I shoot my bow in my backyard. Yeah, I know. I totally, <laughs> I aspire to be an archer, so I like totally envy you. The and inner your... Katniss in me. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about having a diverse background, right? That's right. <laughs> no one would ever know that about me. I do. <laughs> yeah. Um... Uh, Google Classroom. Oh, oh boy. Um, just so essential for teachers and, and students love it. Yeah, yeah. I, think they, I think they do. It's a really great tool. Yeah. Um, junior high English language arts? A passion for me. Yeah. Yeah. A passion and um, right now it's the past. Yeah. But it's still in my heart. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. I believe that entirely. Number eight, what's your favorite app? My favorite app is actually an extension for Chrome, and it's Screencastify. Right on. And what does Screencastify do? It allows you to uh, take screencasts of your computer screen, and you can make tutorials for people. Uh, you can make little videos for instruction. It's, it's pretty cool. Cool. Okay. Well, I will look that up. My favorite one, if anybody's curious, is Boomerang. Oh, yes. I love Boomerang. Uh, it's my favorite. It's like a total game changer. I use it every day. It does. And <laughs> I, I don't know if you know about the pause function on it, but yeah. it stops your emails from coming in. It's a beautiful for, thing. Oh, so good. Yeah. People should look up Boomerang. It's Boomerang my for sure. favorite one, for yeah. sure. Uh, number nine, innovation. Um, Google. They, they're at, I think they're at the lead of innovation in education. Mm-hmm. Um, some people might might disagree with me, but um, that's what I think right now. Yeah, I think it'd be hard-pressed to, to really disagree and, and win. I think they're absolutely at the, at the forefront and, and looking to stay there. Yeah, for sure, they are. And last but not least, always ask the last question for you, Charity. What is success? 
My dad always said success is when your kids are grown up and want to come home to see you. Oh, yeah, that's really good. <laughs> awesome. So that, yeah, that's my definition too. I want my kids to want to come home. It has nothing to do with technology. Yeah, no, I don't. That's absolutely <laughs> a perfect way to, to end the show today. So uh, Charity, we miss you around here. Um, really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. We're thrilled that you're still in our community, in our classrooms, and as a parent, and we wish you all the luck in the future Google endeavors. Thanks. This was awesome. Yeah, okay. Thank you. <laughs>